Hey guys, welcome back to the Crime Couch. I'm your host, Kaylee Campbell, and joining me today is my co-host, Joby. Hey guys. This week, we're going to be talking about a family murder that took everyone by surprise and made those question if they really know the people who are closest to them. This is the case of the family annihilator, Chris Watts. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. On a, on a large one. Chris Watts was a young family man from Frederick, Colorado, starting his new life with his wife, Shanann Watts. Together, they had two daughters, Bella, who was four, Celeste, who was called Cece, who was three, and Shanann was also 15 weeks pregnant with their third. Shanann announced on Facebook on June 11, 2018, that they were having their third child, and they posted a video of her surprising Chris. Shanann regularly used Facebook to share her family life with her friends, and from the outside, it looked as if she was in a loving relationship with Chris. She also describes in multiple videos how he saved her and how much he'd done for her and their daughters. There were never any signs of abuse or any issues within their relationship at all. To everyone around them, they were living the perfect suburban family life. It was around 2 a.m. on August 13, 2018, when Shanann's best friend Nicole Atkinson dropped Shanann off at her home in Frederick after coming back from a business trip they went on together. It was only a few hours later when Nicole tried to get into contact with Shanann, but she was unable to reach her and got worried. It wouldn't make any sense that she had just dropped her off and now she isn't replying to any of her calls or text messages. The next day, Nicole still hadn't heard anything from Shanann and became even more worried when she missed a doctor's appointment she had scheduled for that day. Nicole finally decided to figure out what was going on, so she called Shanann's husband, Chris, and then the police when Chris didn't answer. That afternoon, a police officer showed up to the Watts family home, accompanied by Nicole, and thankfully, he was wearing a body cam, so we were able to see the full process of what went down that morning. The police arrived and first knocked on the door and announced themselves to see if anybody was home. No one answered and the house seemed to be empty, and although Chris was at work at this time, Shanann's car was in the driveway, and that was the first red flag, because if her car was at home, there was no other way she could have been able to leave the house especially with her two kids. Chris was called and he was told that there was an officer at his house and that he needed to come home to unlock it so that they could search inside for any sign of Shanann or the kids. The police officer eventually got inside and was able to do a full search of the house. As he was searching, Chris and Nicole were also walking around the house looking to see if anything was out of place. Chris mentioned that the bedsheets were missing and that raised a huge red flag as well. Why would the bedsheets randomly go missing? There was no sign of struggle on the inside, but all of Shanann's personal belongings were inside where they normally are. Again, 
Normally, if someone's gonna leave town, don't you think they would take their belongings, like their wallet and their phone, with them? The next-door neighbor makes his way over to the house and tells the officer that his front door has a camera on it and that it faces the Watts' driveway, so you are able to see what happened on camera that night. If you watch the body cam footage that we mentioned earlier, this is when you can clearly see Chris's face and mood shift, and you can see his expression darken as he hears this. The officer, Nicole, Chris, and the next-door neighbor head on over to his house and start viewing the footage. The footage shows Chris loading up the back of his truck for work around 5.30 a.m., with the back of his truck halfway parked into the garage. It takes him about an hour to load up his truck that morning, which is way longer than normal. After watching this footage, the police officer asks Chris a few more questions to get his statement, and then Chris walks back over to his house. There's a specific scene in the body cam footage where his neighbor says he's not acting right at all, and he's not acting normal. The police officer hints at agreeing with the statement, and they all head out. Because of these revelations, the next day, Shanann and the girls were officially declared missing, and the Colorado Bureau of Investigation put out an endangered missing persons alert for them. Within the next few days, Chris starts getting questioned by the police more and more, and his story seemed to never stay completely consistent. He stated that he had no idea where they could have gone, and began making public appearances on news stations, asking people for help and to look out for them. He wanted to make himself look like a hero and to push the narrative that he wanted them to come home. This tactic that he was using to appeal to the community was able to get eyes off of him at first, but not for long. On August 15th, Chris was given a polygraph test that he failed, and this is when everything began to change. He was unaware that while he was playing the hero, the police and FBI were digging through his phone records to figure out more information and actually came across some devastating news. After reading texts and looking through phone logs, they discovered that Chris was having an affair with one of his co-workers at Andarco Petroleum named Nicole Kessinger. The timeline of their affairs is fairly long, but the furthest back it can be traced is June 14, 2018, when he entered her contact information into his phone. Kessinger eventually ended up sitting down with the police to tell them her side of the story, and she told them that they started seriously dating at the end of June of 2018. Chris had approached her at work one day, and he seemed like a soft-spoken, respectful guy, and they picked up casual conversation and continued to talk from there. They started sometime in June, and their relationship became physical in July. They would see each other around four to five times a week, even though he had a family at home. When he was at work, Kessinger stated that he wouldn't wear his wedding ring either, so she assumed that he was single and wanted to know more about his relationship situation. Sometime around June 17th, Chris ended up admitting to Kessinger that he is married and has kids, but that he is planning to separate from them. All the while, Shanann is posting about Chris on Father's Day, and their relationship seems as good as it's ever been. Like we said earlier, Shanann used her Facebook to express her love for her family, and she commended Chris highly by saying things like, he's the best dad the girls could ever ask for, and we're so incredibly blessed to have you. It's so upsetting to realize that he had been having an affair this whole entire time. 
On June 27th, Shanann takes her two daughters to North Carolina to spend a five-week vacation there with her family, while Chris remains at home and works. During this time period, Chris invites Kessinger over to their house and continues to spend multiple days together while Shanann is gone. There were many different photographs that were found that were evidence that they spent a lot of time together. Even a photograph of Kessinger standing in Chris and Shanann's bathroom in what looked to be her underwear. They continued this behavior until Chris started to receive multiple missed calls from his wife. One night, when Kessinger was over, Shanann called again and Chris said that she needed to leave in case his wife continued to call, and Kessinger then realized that she was just going to be the other girl. On July 10th, text messages discovered on Chris's phone started showing tension between their marriage. Shanann would text her friends a lot whenever she and Chris would get into an argument, and she would vent to them about how much he's changed and how different of a person he is now. She would also state things like he didn't care about her or the girls anymore. Her friends couldn't do much but encourage her to have a conversation with Chris, and that's what she was planning on doing. Shanann had an idea that there was another girl in the picture, but unfortunately she never got the chance to confirm that with Chris. Meanwhile, that day, Chris murdered his family. He was texting Kessinger as well and stated that his family is gone now. She said that he seemed overall pretty casual and wasn't too upset about the whole situation, but she was more confused as to why there were media stations at his house. It wasn't until the news articles came out that Kessinger learned that he was still married this whole time and that his wife was actually pregnant and they were expecting their third child. There was never a day where she doubted that he killed his entire family, because if he could lie to her about everyday stuff, then what else could he possibly be lying about? Although he denied it to her again and again, she could no longer take the lies coming from him and told Chris she never wanted to hear from him ever again. This is when Kessinger decided to finally go to the police and tell them what she had been hearing from Chris to help with the investigation. Hey guys, we're here to tell you about Stag Men's Grooming Products. Stag offers men a premium line of shaving, beard, and hair care products that are trusted by individuals and men's grooming professionals everywhere. These products have nothing but high quality ingredients in them and do not have any parabens, preservatives, or harmful chemicals. Their products come in a wide array of scents and we're sure you'll be able to find the perfect fit for you. They sell to the general public through their online website, but are also available through their retail partners such as stores, barbershops, and men's salons throughout the United States. Stag is a certified Gotex and company who adheres to strict manufacturing guidelines set forth by the Texas Department of Agriculture. Visit stagforhim.com to learn more about what products would be best for your personal use. Again, that's stagforhim.com. After these revelations were made, Chris was brought back in for more questioning. It was at this time when he told the police officers he would tell the truth, he just wanted to be able to speak to his father first. Investigators thought that maybe he would be truthful and decided to grant his wish, and while talking to his father, he finally confessed that he killed his wife, Shanann. 
this had all been caught on camera in the interrogation room, and I'll insert a small clip here so you can listen to the confession. I don't want to protect her. What? I don't want to protect her. I don't want to protect her. I don't know what else to say. She hurt him. Not long after this confession took place, he admitted to leaving their bodies at his company's work site, where Shanann's body was put in a shallow grave in the ground, and Bella and Cece's bodies were brutally shoved through a small hole in the oil tanks only 8 inches in diameter. Can you tell me how two toddler bodies fit into a 8 inch diameter hole? It's one of the most horrific deaths I've ever heard of. and. I, whenever I was reading about this case, it was just such a brutal way to get rid of your own children that it's hard to believe that he was this, actually this loving man the whole time and that he was actually a good father. And I don't know, it just shows how people can just snap like this. Yeah, like they're children, they're your children. And you cannot tell me that you sat there, looked them dead in the eye killed them by smothering them and then literally just shoved them in a hole they had scrape marks on their body like it it wasn't an easy process it was after this confession that on august 21st 2018 chris watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife four-year-old daughter three-year-old daughter and his unborn child in his initial interview that he had with police he stated that Shanann is the one who murdered their two children, not him. He stated that she smothered them out of a fit of rage because he was trying to talk to her about splitting up and getting a divorce. He said that she became very angry and retaliated by killing the two children. Chris then got extremely angry and started attacking and choking Shanann until he killed her. This story stayed the same until November rolled around, and Chris then confessed to killing his wife along with both of his children. Now this story, it seems fishy to police already as soon as he tells it because why would he cover up the deaths of his daughters if his wife did it and why would he not call police and why would he not say that from the beginning if this is actually what had happened? Like, sure, it would have been harder to believe, but, like, there's ways to prove that he didn't do it, and... Right. So, this isn't really a believable story, especially considering, uh, Shanann's, uh, attitude in the past. She's always been, uh, really loving with her children, never been, uh, type to throw fits or rage or anything like that, so... Right. And when Chris said that, that statement that Shanann killed his or her two kids he later because i was reading about it and he said that later on the police are the ones that said that and so he kind of ran with it and you see that a lot in cases when you're trying to get a confession mm -hmm. if you suggest something and then they go along with it most likely it's not true you've just presented them with a new idea 
or a better option. And so they're option. gonna, yeah, yeah. So they're gonna try to use that. The story stayed the same until November rolled around, and Chris then confessed to killing his wife along with both of his children, and on top of this, pled guilty to all nine counts charged against him. Five counts of first-degree murder, two additional counts since both of his daughters were under the age of 12, one count of unlawful termination of pregnancy, and three counts of tampering with a corpse. Overall, he was sentenced to five life sentences for the murders, with an additional 84 years for all the other crimes. Although Chris had now pled guilty to all the other crimes he had committed, he still hadn't told the police the real story. During another follow-up interview that lasted around five hours, he finally told the true story as to what happened that terrible night on August 13th, 2018. After Shanann arrived home later that night, her and Chris got into an argument that started when he said he wanted a divorce. The fight turned violent and it ended up with him strangling her. He then wrapped her body in the bedsheet, which explains why the bedsheets were missing when the police went to inspect the house earlier. While trying to bring his wife's body downstairs, his two children woke up and came in to ask him what was wrong. Without answering, he brought his wife down the stairs and put her into the floorboard of the truck with the two girls in the back seat and then headed out to the oil field. Bella and Cece continued to ask what was wrong with Mommy and if Mommy was okay. But once they arrived at the oil field, he dragged his wife's body out of the truck close to where he would end up burying her, and the two children asked what he was doing with her. Chris then walked back towards the truck and to his daughter Celeste and began to strangle her with her own blanket. And even though Bella was sitting right next to her, Bella said nothing and just sat there. And once it was clear that Cece was dead, she looked at her own dad and said, Is the same thing that happened to Cece going to happen to me? And he then proceeded to strangle his four-year-old daughter. Her last words were, Daddy, no. And after the two kids were dead, he shoved them into the holes in the oil tanks and walked back over to bury his wife in the shallow grave not far from the tanks. This was finally the confession that the police needed that told the true story as to what happened on August 13th, 2018, and Chris has to live with the horrible things he's done for the rest of his life. Awaiting his trial, Chris was held in the Weld County Jail without bond until mid-November when the trial began. It was on November 19th that Chris was finally convicted of his crimes and sent to jail for the remainder of his life. He will never have the possibility of parole, and during the trial, there were heartbreaking statements that came from both Shanann's family and Chris's family. He was originally sent to a jail in Colorado, but got relocated to an out-of-state maximum security prison in Wappen, Wisconsin. Here he'll spend the remainder of his days rotting away in a jail cell, where he belongs. This is one of the most heartbreaking stories I've ever heard in my entire life, and I will never understand what drives anyone to become what is considered a family annihilator. He remains in jail to this day, but he claims that he's found religion and deeply regrets He remains in jail to this day but he claims that he has found religion and deeply regrets what he has done and says it's going to live with him for the rest of his life. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Crime Couch Podcast. Go ahead and share this podcast with your friends. Give us a five-star rating if you can on Apple Podcasts. And give us a like on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And make sure you're following our Instagram so you can see updates as to when we post new episodes. I'm thinking that we're going to start posting every other week now just because I have school going on and other things going on. But thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you again in a few weeks. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. On a, on a large one.